everybody. Today, I've got Adrian Maples here as my guest on the Casey Readers podcast. Um, and I'd like her to introduce herself for you guys. She is a renowned photographer here in the Kansas City area. So take it away, Adrian. Uh, wow, you're going to say nicer things about me than I would myself. Oh, come on. But I'm a professional photographer. Uh, I've been doing this for more than 20 years. I learned on film and have evolved as the media has changed. So I consider myself an AI novice. Okay. I'm also a speaker, an educator, all things photography my clients come to me for. So talking about evolving your your work and, and you as an artist, you're on a couple of boards here in town. Can you tell me more about some of That's that? That's right. Yeah. So I'm on the board at the Kansas City Artist Coalition, and I'm also serving on the board for AIGA, which is the American Institute of Graphic Arts. Oh, cool. We don't actually call it that anymore. That's just the acronym. It's really about designers of all walks of life. Okay. And uh, on that board, I serve on the committee for Kansas City Design Week. So I am actually putting together, hold your horses, I am putting together an AI event for next year's Kansas City Design Week, which okay. will take place in April. And this is a big deal for me because I was very resistant to AI. Okay. Very, very resistant. All right. So, yeah, we have a, a wide audience here. So right. let's talk about that. Well, so it goes back to learning on film. Mm -hmm. I evolved on film. I was in art school and they hammered it into my head that you capture everything in that one frame. So it was even hard for me to move past shooting my film to digital camera and then embracing Photoshop. So many people ask me to put their heads on Brad Pitt's body. I get that a lot, actually. We don't do that. I want you to look like you. And it's only been in the last year, believe it or not, that I started thinking past that one frame that I shoot and thinking, all right, I can shoot this in five frames and blend them together in Photoshop. Okay. That was a, I don't know why it was so hard for me to get on board with that. Um, I guess because I, I think I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to film and photography and I believe in authenticity. Mm -hmm. I really pride myself on being authentic and mm -hmm. being honest with my clients. And I feel like photography lies. Um, you know, now we have Instagram filters and people slap filters on everything to make yeah. a, a mediocre photo decent. And I'm a firm believer in using your camera to get an amazing photo. Use all of the elements that you have in your camera, your lighting, get a great shot. And then use Photoshop to push it, push it to the next level. You know, we all, even children have bags under their eyes now. So... <laughs> Because digital is so unforgiving. So there is a little bit of post-processing that's involved in any photograph. But to take it a step further, to think about, um, you know, shooting in the snow, for instance. Mm -hmm. Shooting in the snow and getting a person to freeze in the snow. Not freeze, literally. <laughs> but to have that perfect moment of the person in the snow, the snow falling, falling. That is a really hard thing to do in one frame. Mm -hmm. So one of the first images I did where I embraced Photoshop and, and this idea of combining images together was uh, an artistic photo that I created of a little girl in the snow holding a lantern. I and see that one. It's, it's actually four or five frames blended together. So that started with, I took a photo of the scene. I had to light. You can't get snow unless you light it and you have a dark background. So I lit the scene, shot my scene, got my snow. Mm -hmm. That was how I started. And then I brought my, my subject in. Because also I have a little girl. I don't want to freeze her in the snow. Right. So I brought her in and I did a number of different expressions. I had her holding a lantern just to get that feel that I wanted. This magical, her searching for something mm -hmm. was, was the ultimate goal. And um, so before I went out in the snow, I already had this idea. I'd storyboarded out kind of this idea mm -hmm. that I wanted. So now we have AI. Um, AI can do everything I just told you 
with prompts. Right. So um, you have done a lot of different things over the years. You started off as a um, full-blown woman-owned business wedding photographer. Right. Can you um, give me just a little bit of, of, a, of an intro of what you're doing now? Like you've come like massively. You know, there's a lot of photographers now that start their business in weddings. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started out more than 20 years ago, that was not a cool thing. <laughs> it was not cool to start with weddings. Now I kind of own it. You know, I built my business on the back of weddings. The clients that I've collected over the years, collected is the right word, but um, the clients that have stuck with me throughout the years, a lot of them I met through a wedding. Yeah. Um, and then people that have hired me, you know, even recently, I just had a new commercial client hire me who remembered me. She was a bridesmaid at a wedding 15 years ago. Oh, wow. So I built my business on the back of weddings. And that really was just the way to to be shooting all the time. Uh, weddings were really challenging because not only did I have to be great with my camera, with my lighting, but you have to be great with people and you have to constantly move. So it really taught me how to pivot, how to uh, make things work, even if something broke, to fine light, to you just, you have to keep moving through a wedding. And I really feel like that helped me have a strong basis after art school. So, you know, the art school gave me the the photography background, but throwing myself into weddings taught me how to deal with people, how to run a business. And since then, uh, I, I selectively, I still do a few weddings. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to know me, you have to know somebody. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just because it's such a laborious process. If right. I accept a wedding, I am 10 hours on my, it is a sport. Right. And it takes me days to recuperate. Well, and you're doing a lot, you're doing a lot more different types of art these days. Like that was um, looking at like, all right, I'm just going to lay this out there. Like you say, maybe it's not cool to start with weddings or it wasn't, but here's the deal. You are a working artist and that is, you know, that's like what everybody wants to get right. to. So <laughs> it's true. I think it's pretty awesome. And, and you're right. I, after graduating from art school, you have to it's really hard to to see who you are as an artist. Mm -hmm. I, I think that every artist has imposter syndrome to a degree. And it was hard for me to say I'm an artist. It's still hard for me to say I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. I still feel like I need to qualify it, but I do less of that now. You know, if you if I meet someone, they want to do about what I they want to know more about what I do, they can go look at my work and they can decide whether they think I'm any good or not. I'm I'm not in the business of qualifying my art anymore. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I would say that Photography was a way to pay the bills and to take care of my family. Uh, I was the primary breadwinner. Um, That's amazing. It was challenging, but, you know, it had to be done. And I was doing photography. So, hey, I can't complain that much. Right. But from that grew everything else. You know, photography is my life. I live and breathe photography. I can't help but look at beautiful light. My daughter gets annoyed. She's like, mom, stop pointing out beautiful light. <laughs> but I see it everywhere I go. I think about how I would photograph things, but people are my passion. Mm -hmm. I love people. I love exploring someone's, um, I love exploring what makes someone who they are, trying to find that authenticity and mm -hmm. trying to represent that in a photograph. So weddings made it I don't know, easy to to be around people to capture personalities where they weren't paying attention to me. Mm -hmm. When you're doing portraits, people are very aware of the camera. So mm -hmm. it's a kind of different, it's a different ball game. But I think what makes me really good at what I do is my ability to make myself vulnerable with my clients, to get them to relax, 
and then they're allowed to be authentic. They can be themselves. They don't look like I make the joke that when you do the weird eyes and you smile, people yeah. look like a serial killer. And that's a concept. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you look like a serial killer. You got to relax. Take a deep breath. Um, and then using, you know, people are the central focus of what I do. But now businesses will hire me and they want me to craft a certain look for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that requires me to be a creative problem solver. It's more than just a photographer. I'm styling people I'm a psychologist, you know, you've got people that are angry about something on a photo shoot and I have to kind of mitigate the situation in order to get the best shot. You know, all of it is about getting that moment, capturing that moment. Do we bring a lot of of all that stuff that's under the surface? Does that show up in your face when you're you're taking, when you're capturing? People aren't, we're not, if you put a camera in front of somebody's face, you, you go stiff. Yeah. You know, the moment, you know, you're being photographed and it's being recorded And maybe the younger generation is better at this because they have phones and they're photographing themselves all the time, Mm. but they're still creating this uh, very one-sided view of themselves. You know, the selfies in particular, Mm -hmm. um, you know, girls who take selfies and they take a million selfies and they post that one photo online. They're looking for something very particular that they want to say about themselves. When I'm photographing people, I'm trying to capture their essence. I don't want to capture that one photo where they think they look sexy or, hey, I look hot. I look beautiful in that photo. I want to capture a well-rounded image of someone. And it can be challenging with business people because maybe they see themselves one way. Mm. And I have to kind of take all that information in, you know, in my initial consult, you know, how do they see themselves? How do they want to present themselves? And then when I have them behind the camera, I have to light them in a way, you know, sometimes it's more dramatic lighting. Sometimes it's more flattering lighting, you know, all of that plays a part into the story that I want to tell about the person. So that's my passion. It's always been my passion shooting yeah. people. And you've got a couple of different types of uh, portrait photography. Like I've seen ones where you've done, uh, like you said, the very corporate ones where there's a there's a certain aura that that comes across, and and maybe your setting is a little more muted or uh, you know nodding towards the the industry that you're in. But I've also seen fantastic ones where you've got these like magical snowy settings and papers floating through the air and and you really are reaching into this um very artistic world uh where you're doing these like magical kind of portraits so so i like making magic uh, all right so so how do you how do you move between those two worlds well uh it would be great if people were hiring me (laughs) to make the magical (laughs) photos At the moment, you know, I do have a few clients that Mm -hmm. see my magical work and they want to bring something that into their their photographs like that. Um, But I would say that right now the corporate world is still a little boring. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to make it as exciting as I can. Yeah. But I would say a lot of the magical stuff, that's that's more on my personal body of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I've tried to do more of that in the last year Mm -hmm. because that feeds my soul. I love making magic. And I do have a few clients that that hire me for their family photos every year. Actually, I have a number of clients that hire me every year to do their family photos. But a few of them, we start out with something formal, and then they want me to create something magical. Yeah. Um, that you know, that's. I think photography is magic. Yeah. And your photographer lies. Yeah. <laughs> People don't don't realize it, but you know, we're showing you a very carefully curated view. You're not thinking about when you see a photograph. You're not thinking about everything outside of that photograph. But 
there is a whole world outside of that image. Just like today, we're filming in here and, mm -hmm. and people aren't seeing the lights and the several cameras and, and all the background work that's happening. Photography is magic. You can't just snap a photo and, and make it magic. It happens occasionally. I mean, you get that rare shot in your phone. You're like, wow, how did this happen? Yeah. But it takes precise planning. It takes knowledge of of light and how the camera works. Um, and even as we move into this new age of AI where we can generate all sorts of things, I think that the true photographers still have to have the base understanding of light, how it works mm -hmm. and how it can be flattering or how it can be demonstrative. Mm -hmm. um, light is a really powerful tool and the camera is a very powerful tool, mm -hmm. but your photographer is in every photo. You don't think about that, but I am yeah. in every picture I take. You don't see me, but I am there. Well, we're we're seeing we're seeing your vision captured in a moment, and and displayed for for the world to see. Right, and that's something that I think when you talk about portraits, especially with your kids, or you know, as a business owner, how you want to how you want your perception to be received, you need somebody who can key into how to visualize those stories. Right. It is. It is. It's a visualization. It's, it is creative problem solving. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times I show up on set. The client has this very specific idea of what we're going to create. You know, they've sent me pictures on Pinterest and I show up on the scene and there's nothing at all that looks like the Pinterest scene that they oh, want no. me to create. Yeah. So, you know, I have to, I have to extrapolate. All right. So this was the scene that they wanted, you know, what's the idea that they want to present, you know, and, and hone in on that idea and try to creatively problem solve to still create that idea without necessarily mirroring everything that they're finding in this image on Pinterest. Okay. Um, and you mentioned children. I just want to say it real quick. Yeah. Children are my favorite. Oh, really? Okay. I love photographing children because they're so unaware of themselves. Yeah. You know, adults, the moment you put a camera in front of them, we, we get all weird and yeah, stiff. Yeah, pulls and us eh. out of the moment. But children, I mean, they'll pick their nose in front of you. They just <laughs> don't care. They run around. They, you know, toddlers are so expressive. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, even though it's it doesn't, pay like commercial shoots do, mm -hmm. it is the most fun for me. And it's exhausting. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It is exhausting chasing children around. But those are, that's, it's still my favorite thing to do. And those are, those are very limited windows of time to capture some of those yes. things. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. There was a saying on the wall growing up that had this whole, it was a poem about cobwebs can wait and dust your sorrows. Babies don't keep. Yeah. Babies don't keep. That was the end of the babies don't keep. And as a child, I read that over and over and I thought, I don't understand this. And now as an adult, I get it. Yeah. Nothing keeps. We're constantly aging and changing and, and entering new chapters in our lives. We think about it more when we have children. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we're constantly different people. You know, you don't wake up tomorrow the same person that you were today. It's just the fact. Change is inevitable. Growth yeah. is optional. Yeah. So... I like to think about that with my photography. I think that's another thing that really got me into this was I want to capture fleeting moments. Yeah. You know, I see the world with rose colored glasses. I have since I was a child. Yeah. It's, I can't change it. Well, I mean, that's what makes you you. I mean, that's your yes. unique outlook on things. <laughs> it's, it's true. I think it's gotten me into trouble sometimes, you know, <laughs> believing in the wrong people. But, <laughs> you know, I think we all do that to a degree. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't change that about myself. Right. So graduating from SCAD, you jumped right into the entrepreneur world before it became a thing. You started your own company. 
I did. I actually started my business while I was still in school. Okay. My senior year at Savannah College of Art and Design, I had a wonderful teacher who encouraged me. Everyone else in the class was doing animation, mm -hmm. and he said I could build a website. <laughs> so okay. I built my own website. I launched my business. Uh, I very quickly built a name for myself in the Southeast. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a magazine cover my first year in business, which... That's right. You were on the cover of Southern, Southern Living. Uh, it was Southern Bride magazine, Southern Bride actually. Magazine. I'm sorry. But it was a huge honor for me. Um, I won uh, the Pilsner Awards. I got a third place in the Pilsner, which is an international competition. Mm -hmm. That was the first or second year I was in business. Um, and that really helped validate that I was doing something worthwhile. Yeah. And and then I chose Kansas City. I, I visited Kansas City, mm -hmm. and I swear it wasn't more than a half an hour in the city before I thought, you know, this is where I want to be. I love this town. The people were amazing here. I felt like I was home. I, I really, this is home. I You know, I grew up in the South, born and raised, but this is, Kansas City is home. I don't consider myself a Southern girl anymore. I consider myself a Midwestern Kansas City lover. And there's so many reasons. I, I'll try to whittle it down for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, first, I'm going to say the people that I've met here are some of the most amazing people I've ever met. Uh, the The values that they hold, their their loyalty, their honesty, their their tenacity, has been a godsend for me because I didn't experience that when I lived in the South. I you know I built my business down there, but it was like pulling teeth. It was very hard to get the labs to do what they said they were going to do. It was wow. hard to get. It was just challenging. It was a different world um, and also slow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it felt like it was slow and I move fast. I talk fast. I, I get things done. I want, let's move fast. And Kansas City answered that for me. It's also, I was also really impressed with the fact that they give 1% back to the arts in Kansas City. That yeah. was really impressive to me. They were supportive of their artists. So I felt like it, it only made sense for me to move somewhere that was going to support me as an artist, but also offered me a really great place to grow as a business. So being here now, what unique opportunities or challenges do you see for Kansas City in, uh, in the coming years? Well, since I moved here in 2005, I knew that Kansas City was going to be a mecca. <laughs> I just knew it was up and coming and in like a hidden gem. Mm -hmm. Uh, people, when I say Kansas City, they imagine tumbleweed. I've had a number of people, I'm like, what are you? No, I I would like to keep it. <laughs> we have it. buildings. We, I know, it's amazing <laughs> here. I, you know, it's it's strange. I, I vacillate between wanting to share it with the world and also wanting to keep it hidden because I, I don't want it to be ruined by the world. I've kind of heard that from other people too. <laughs> it's, it's true. But I see us becoming the next big tech hub. I and for for a number of reasons. Um, one, I think that the people here, the diversity that we accept in our community is parallel to none. Mm -hmm. It was something I never experienced in the South. So a number of really great things are coming to Kansas City. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners, if they're Kansas Cityans, they know that the World Cup is coming in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso really put us on the map as well. Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso is one of my favorite shows. It's awesome. I think it's quintessential Kansas City. Um, but we also became... We were also just listed on a federal list for one of the 30 tech hubs in the United States, which means that we're getting funding. Yeah. We're growing in momentum. Uh, technology is taking off here. It sounds stupid, but um, technology is, it's building. 
There's momentum in Kansas City. Yeah. There's been momentum since I arrived in the city, but it's only been growing. There's a lot of communities in this area for like different things. And I know there's there's a big AI and tech community here too. Right. And that's that's where I've turned my sights moving forward. Okay. Because AI is something that we can't pretend doesn't exist. Okay. It's here. Uh, all the things that we watched on Star Trek when we were kids, you know, I'm I'm waiting for the holodeck. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I think everybody's waiting. It would be so holodeck. great. And also the food, you know, the, the synthesized food that's just created. I mean, we're already 3D printing houses. The minute I don't have to make food again, it's going to be It's like, going to be amazing. So talking about how much you love about it, you've mentioned a few things. What's one thing that you love the most about Kansas City and and what makes it stand out from other cities that you've lived in mm. or been in? Because you've That's been a around. Really good question. You've visited a lot of places. Big puffy clouds. <laughs> okay. No, um, there was a list of things that I wrote down when I first visited the city. And I still go back to that list. Big puffy clouds was something really? on the list. Yes. Um, it's green. There are lots of green spaces here, which mm -hmm. I think add to... Um, mental health, seeing, you know, there's not parking lots and buildings. You've got green spaces that are well thought out. You know, that's just a, a physical thing that you can see as you go throughout the city. But it's, it is the people. Yeah. It is the people. I think that there are, just when you, you go into a gas station or you go to a restaurant or you're just walking down the streets, people are genuine here. I feel it's it's so much different than, you know, somewhere like New York. I don't think that people are necessarily rude in New York. I think they're just busy. They're in a hurry. They don't have time. In Kansas City, people make time for you. Do you think it's you as an artist, does that make it easier for you to connect with them and get to those stories quicker? Like, you you like to move fast. And if you, if people are, it, it seems to be more open or receptive, perhaps. Right. I, and that's a good point. I've been here so long now that I don't, I don't know if that's isolated just to Kansas City or if it's just my clients. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I feel at home here, no matter where I go. Mm -hmm. It just it brings out the best in me. Well, that's I mean that's great yeah, to be in a place that brings out the best in it you. Does, and recognize and I, it does, and I I think that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I try to convince everybody that I love that I think is amazing to move here. That is true. Because it's such a great place to be. So how do you stay informed and connected um, with the Kansas City community? How do you engage with it? Uh, so currently, the, the best way for me to engage with Kansas City community is through these organizations that I'm involved with. The Kansas City Artists Coalition, mm -hmm. um, the AIGA. And, and doing this work for Kansas City Design Week has really, it's given me an opportunity to have conversations with people that I wouldn't otherwise have had an opportunity to talk with. Okay. Kansas City Design Week has really given me an opportunity to be more involved in the community, to think about how to give back to the design community. And I would say that specifically, I'm involved with the arts and design communities. There's mm -hmm. so many different communities to tap into here in Kansas City. I'm also passionate about mental health. There's there's so many great places, so many vehicles for you to find somewhere you're passionate about and meet people, meet others that are just as passionate about the things that you are. So for anybody who is looking to get more involved in the Kansas City community, I suggest following your passions. Find an organization, find a group, use Facebook, use Google, and find organizations that are speaking to the things that you want to be involved in, that, you know, finding other individuals that have the same passions that you do. Um, I have heard from from some of my clients that are moms mm -hmm. after they've become a mom, they've said, oh, it's so hard to meet people mm -hmm. 
You get really isolated. You get isolated. Yeah. And I think that's easy to do in any city. And right. since I've heard it about Kansas City, I know that this is not just a Kansas City thing. This right. is a worldwide yeah. thing. I feel like it's a lot easier to be more involved in Kansas City. I think that if you if you join a group or you find a community, I think that, at least in my experience, I've been welcomed with open arms. That's great advice. Like, like I was going to ask you, what's one actionable piece of advice you would give to our listeners about getting involved? And And I think what you're saying there about just going and just doing it, um, a lot of people have a, a resistance to that. Well, it's scary. It's so I had people advise me to just go to networking events, mm -hmm. just go to every networking event that you can find. Um, that makes sense for some people. It doesn't make as much sense for me because it needs to be very catered to the, the passions and the communities that I want to be involved with. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you hone it down more into, well, what's my passion? What do, what do I want to talk about? What people do I want to meet? How do I want to grow myself in the next direction? Right now, it's it's tech. It's AI. I want to learn everything that I can learn about it. I want to learn how to use it, the opportunities that, that they're out there. And I want to be an advocate for its, like, fear, the, the fear that people are putting out about AI. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody that I... All of my friends that aren't really involved in it, the moment I mention AI, they're the doom and gloom terminator. Right. Some sort of apocalyptic scenario. Right. I want to I want to change people's attitude. I don't want people to to live in fear. Fear can drive you to do great things, but it also can keep you isolated. It can keep you from doing the the from reaching your potential. Um, and I see that with AI. I see so much potential, so much opportunity, so many positive things that can come from it. But people are focusing on the fear factor. And I think that's just because we're inundated with it. You know, we're inundated with the fear. So maybe they need Adrian's vision and what she sees the future could be. Get some of that mojo going right. on. The positivity. Going right to the Terminator outcome. I think I think it makes it a lot easier to exist if you keep a positive mindset. I'm not always positive. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, I have to fake it a lot of times. There have definitely been days that I have a photo shoot and ugh, I'm just thinking, oh, I don't feel like. But the moment I get there and I, I get into my zone, it's a, the real Adrian comes out. I think that it's really easy to hear fear things that make us afraid and to latch onto that mm -hmm. and bring us down. And that keeps us from moving forward. Mm -hmm. That, that stalls our momentum. And what I see in Kansas city is this, all this positive momentum that's building, especially when it comes to AI in the tech industry, I see us becoming a leader and I want us to be a positive leader. And I would love to contribute to that. I want to be part of anything positive Kansas city that I can be. What steps would you suggest to somebody who wants to make a difference in Kansas City like you do? What what could they get involved in? Somebody out here is listening to this podcast right now and they're like, man, she's got it figured out. Well, uh, uh, I pretend really well. <laughs> but what do you do? What Like if I wanted to get started in something. So I'm going to talk to the artists okay. because I think as a group, artists are are isolated a lot. And um, the Kansas City Artists Coalition is is the first step that I would take to be more involved in the art community. Okay. Um, it, you know, the membership is is minimal. 
but it gives you a network of all of these other artists and events you can go to. You don't even have to be a member to attend events. But as an artist, surrounding yourself with other artists is imperative. Okay. Uh, the, the thing that I miss most about art school is, is the critiques, is having other peers look at my work and say, hey, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you love this so much. <laughs> or, hey, I know you don't like this work, but it's really powerful. We need that. We need that feedback to yeah. help us grow and push us as artists. So I definitely would say any artists out there that are listening and artists that are afraid of the AI revolution, first of all, you should definitely come to Kansas City Design Week next year and check out our AI in talk. April. In April. Yep. Okay. April 24th, I believe, will be our AI talk. Uh, you should definitely check that out. But, it, but be involved in any of these things. There are, throughout Kansas City, in, in all areas of town, there are a myriad of events that you can attend. Um, the Keystone Innovative Di District. Mm -hmm. The Keystone Innovative District is just something that I recently learned about. And they have events happening every Wednesday. You know, it's usually a pretty small group, but there's a great talk going on. Yeah, It's a great place to meet people that are involved in the tech industry that are moving forward. So, you know, the key to that, and you can use Facebook to search for things too. I know there are all sorts of groups on Facebook that you can mm -hmm. get involved in and, and do meetups. But I think keying into what you're passionate about, you know, so let's say you're an auditor. That's your job. To me, that sounds like one of the most boring jobs there is. So that's an why I'm auditor. throwing that an auditor. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's awful. Yeah, it just sounds Sorry, terrible. auditors. Yeah. But let's say you're an auditor and you want, you like art, but you're not an artist. And you think, oh, I don't know anything about it. Well, join the art community. Yeah. You don't have to be an artist to join the Kansas City Artist Coalition or to be part of the community. We need people that aren't artists to share their opinions, to see something that we don't see. Yeah. That's really, really important to help people grow. We need variety. And, you know, I would also say to the, the Kansas City Artists Coalition in particular, we don't have a lot of young members. Really? Yes. Huh. I, and I, I don't know why that is. That's, you know, as I've joined the board, this is something that I am going to be proactive about is yeah. to try to get younger people to be involved because we need young people getting involved in the arts. We can't have you know, yeah. all of the old guys dying off, like the photographers who learned on film. Right, right. Um, some of my really, some of the guys that really inspired me in art school are, you know, they're old or they're no longer living. And we need that constant flux of young people coming in to bring in new ideas. And they need the community. They do. Yeah. Because, you know, you think about how isolated the younger generation is now with their phones, with the social media. Well, we're in an isolating age. I mean, it's... It's very true. And that's something else that I'm really passionate about, that I think as I go into these other areas in Kansas City, I try to bring all that stuff with me. You know, mm -hmm. all the things that I'm passionate about, I try to bring to every organization, every event I go to. I try to get people involved. So talking about um, these these different communities that you found in Kansas City and the home that you've made it here, are there any particular local leaders or influencers in Kansas City uh, that that inspire you? And if so, who are they? And, okay. And what is it about them that inspires um, you? There are a few. And I would say that these people are now my friends. Um, Camry Ivory is one that I would mention right away. She mm -hmm. was actually voted top 10 most influential people in Kansas City recently. Mm -hmm. And I find that um, she she's just... So fresh, so inspirational, so well-read and involved in technology and moving forward that I really enjoy our conversations because we we just seem to power each other and, and lift each other up. You know, yeah. I think anybody that lifts you up is a really valuable asset. Um, and 
I also want to say that somebody that's really got me involved in AI, I'm a little hesitant to mention my brother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't want him to get a big head. He's totally going to see this and be like, oh, yeah. Um, But growing up, he was he's my older brother and he's always been so he's just so brilliant. He's so well-rounded. He researches everything. You know, as a kid, I thought it was ridiculous. It was exhausting how well-informed he was about everything. But I wouldn't have started to tackle AI if it hadn't been for him. Really? Really. He he just knows so much. It blows my mind away. And he's constantly interested in in learning more, in growing his knowledge, in in being accurate, in making sure that he's well-read and well-versed on these things. Mm-hmm. And he's the reason why I decided to spearhead the AI talk for Kansas City Design Week. Oh, nice. I know. I don't want him to know that. He's going to know it. I know he's going to know it. We're but recording this in several I ways. I know. I know. I know. Well, it's like when you're the little sister, you don't want to give your brother props. Yeah, but... But it it, it is true. Um, yeah. and And he probably knows it deep down. Yeah, but that's awesome that you acknowledge it. Yeah. And it it is... He moved here because of me. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I have heard that. Um, what is it that you you've been trying to get him to move here for the past? Oh, for fifteen years. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was like within the first month or two that you were here. Yeah. Um, full disclosure here for anybody who's listening or maybe new to our podcast. Full disclosure: David Maples is her is uh, Adrian's brother, and uh, he is a co-host on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't I. It's it's just the truth. Yeah. But yeah, David Maples does inspire me a lot. And he has He's pretty my whole life. Guy. Yeah, he can be, you know. <laughs> I'm sure be. you've got some good stories on I that do, too. but I'm not going to share that. Not this on this you. podcast. No. Okay. Um, so, but I do want to keep this um, around you, Adrian. Can you, for, for everybody out there, um, could you share a personal experience or a lesson, just a quick one, that significantly shaped your career or perspective? Oh, I got a good one for you. Okay. Um, my intro to photography teacher told me I would never be any good. Yeah. She told me I would never be any good. And it, it was because, uh, I'm not great with numbers and photography is numbers. The first camera that I shot with was actually overexposing everything by a couple of stops. And I had no idea because I was using the meter in my camera. Everything's manual. And when I went in for our quarter review for her intro to photography class, she told me, you'll never be any good at this. You, you probably should. And I, and she may not have said those exact words, but everything that she was telling me, yeah, that's what I heard. And she was essentially encouraging me to find maybe another art career that I could pursue. Um, and that, that really hurt, but it also lit a fire in me because I wanted to prove to her that she didn't know what she was talking about. And then lo and behold, a few years later, when I was a senior and I started my business, she called me to photograph her wedding. Get out. Really? Yeah, she did. And she did didn't, she know it was you? She didn't she knew I was a student, but she didn't remember that of course she didn't remember this conversation. And of course I told her I was busy. I wasn't <laughs> about to shoot her wedding. Um but that was a that really it said something to me. Um and I think it should say something to everyone else. We're told that we're not good at something. We're never gonna be good at this, but but think about the people that rise to the top. It's failure that makes us better. It's failure that teaches us how to succeed. Well, and what were you saying earlier about fear? Yeah, the fear holds you back. You shouldn't let the fear hold you back. And Lord knows it holds me back all the time. 
want to say, Lord, fear holds you back. Hang on. But it didn't that time. It didn't that time, but it almost did. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I did think about dropping out, but there really wasn't an option. So that's a massive that. Yeah, that's a great. Okay, so that's that's a that would have a massive effect on the trajectory of your life. It did, and you listened to that, or or I guess let. I listened to it, but I get the better of you. Yeah, and and maybe if I didn't have the push externally, um, you know, I didn't I didn't want to fail at college. You know, it said I wanted to go to this really expensive, prestigious art school. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to quit. I'm not a quitter. With that, what role do you hope to play in the future of Kansas City? Oh, I just want to be part of it. I I don't really know. I probably need to manifest that a little bit more. But I I do see myself as a very positive person, mm-hmm. a go-getter. And I just want to be part of it. I think that it takes an army <laughs> to make something like this happen. You know, it takes a village to raise a child, they say. Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely true. And I, I really believe that Kansas City as a community has everything it needs to take us to the next level, to be on the map as a tech community. I really fundamentally believe that. And from the day that I came to Kansas City and decided I wanted to move here, it's only proven me right over and over and over again. And it just continues to get better. That's awesome. What's your favorite barbecue in Kansas City? Oh, this is sacrilege because I don't like barbecue. (gasps) I know, but you're here. You have to eat it, right? Where's Um, your favorite place to eat? Bobby Q's. Really? Bobby Q's on Shawnee Mission Parkway. Okay, so you so for somebody who's not a huge, I don't like barbecue. Yeah, I'm not a huge. Is the place Bobby Q's? Yeah, and it's Bobby Q's. It's a little hole in the wall place, but it's great. (laughs) And I'd never had the fried corn. Things I know you would think from the South you would have, but I never had that before. And the first time I had it was at Bobby Q's. Okay. So you so, do like barbecue. Uh, only from that place. Okay. <laughs> Adrian, I wanted to thank you for being on the show. Um, anybody who wants to follow Adrian, uh, see her work, see what she's been up to, or get involved in the communities that she's a part of, um, hop on our website. We'll have all our information up there for Adrian, her website. Um, if you're looking to take lessons, that's something that Adrian can also offer. So um, hop on her, hop on the KC Leaders Podcast website, and we'll have everything written up for you. And make sure to take the lessons to heart. Um, it's a scary thing to be an artist. You really have to put yourself out there and be vulnerable in a in a big world. So don't be afraid. Join your communities and get involved. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the KC Leaders Podcast. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen. For more information about this podcast, you can visit kcleaderspodcast.com. And don't forget to check out our other great podcasts like The Buck Stops Here, streaming now on all major platforms and at thebuckstopsherepodcast.com.